inescapable love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about Chapter 20 of The Goblet of Fire, The First Task. In which Harry has a lot of shit on his brain from the night before with the dragons and Sirius. And uh, the next day drags Hermione off to tell her everything. Hermione, who is great at prioritizing, is like, dragons first. (laughs) Only they cannot figure out what spell Sirius was going to tell Harry. So they got to do some good old-fashioned research. Where are Willow and Giles when you need them? Am I right? (laughs) Hermione is trying her damn best to help Harry. And he's kind of being a dick, but he's also just like, having a panic attack so Mm -hmm. uh the next day is not better and he's kind of just in a fugue state but realizes that cedric has no fucking clue about the dragons so harry does the decent thing and lets him know moody spots him doing this and actually thanks him for being a kind decent person which has literally never happened because fuck the witching world Mm -hmm. we see fake moody's off the we see fake moody's office decor magical security objects floor to ceiling Many of them are conveniently, quote-unquote, disarmed because of all of the too sensitive being in a school. All right, bro. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fake Moody gives Harry good advice, which is play your strengths and use magic to get what you need. Hint, hint, Harry. Harry, of course, is like, oh, fuck, I need Hermione's help. They spend the next several hours cramming until Harry knows the summoning charm so he can summon his broom. Finally, uh, it's the day of the first task. All the champions appear nervous because of fucking course. They each get to pick a dragon and have to get a golden egg. Because Harry has that cursed main character life, he of course gets the Hungarian horn tail that graced the cover of nearly every published edition of this book. We don't, we don't get to experience what the other champions do because Harry is not watching and is only listening to the commentary of the crowds, which is frustrating AF. Harry is damn near disassociated by the time it's his turn, and I can't blame him for that. The moment of truth arrives, and Harry's on the field with an angry mama dragon. He SEOs for his broom, and bam, now we're in a terrible fast middle of a Quidditch game where Harry is dodging the dragon to get the golden egg. He's still in alright, though he does get gorged by the by the horn-tailed spine before he figures out a way to lure the dragon from her eggs, like dangling a toy in front of a cat, but Harry here is the toy. Finally, she rears, she rears up ready to pounce, and Harry does a sharp dive for the egg, and success! The crowd goes wild! McGonagall, <laughs> 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 um, Harry, and Moody are all there to give Harry his props. Even better, Ron comes back into the fold after finally getting over his anger. Harry's scores are decent, but it doesn't matter because Harry has felt better than he has this entire month. Better yet, it's Three months away into the second task. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, And before we get into it, y'all, today is the day. Today is the day that my tarot Kickstarter starts. Yeah. 
the more it gets interacted with today, the more likely it is that Kickstarter will promote the project. So I would really love it if you would pause the podcast right now and click the link in the bio and save it, back it if you can. Uh, For one day only today, if you back it, you get a discount. So little early bird special get get that get that early bird special so it's always great yeah yeah so i'm real stoked and thanks everyone for tolerating me talking about this so much for the last month or so uh i'm so excited i'm very excited to back it on the first day thanks jesse uh yeah all right all right thanks y'all and uh with that i'm going to give you today's headlines Last year Dementors, this year Dragons. What will they bring to Hogwarts next? <laughs> uh, bless Madame Pomfrey and her voice of reason here. <laughs> I know. She's the real hero of this chapter. I mean, truly. All right. So we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. You want to start? Yeah. Uh, it is Sunday. Harry is putting his hat on the wrong on his foot which means they are really wearing these hats all of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> this is also all. the most confusing clothing mix-up that maybe has ever happened in the history of time maybe the hats don't have brims maybe they're just like a i'm gonna say a stocking cap that makes no like sense. a dunce That's... cap <laughs> i feel like that is the way the hats look i feel think in how was in the first movie they don't have brims because like how else would you i mean obviously harry's just completely out of sorts in this scene he's just like i'm just trying to dress and i literally can't do this and i'm like i understand that but also you're putting your hat on not on a day where you have school i know <laughs> let's just pretend that they're all just wearing beanies can we just do that instead because it's probably cold as fuck in this castle that's true <laughs> And also a beanie is much easier to mistake for a sock than a witch hat is. Sure is. All right. That makes, I mean, that makes me feel better, but I think we all know (laughs) that they are supposed to be wearing ridiculous witch hats. It's a beanie that has a witch hat and border on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I should do that to one of my beanies, actually. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Uh, Okay, so that was obviously also my first point. And my second point (laughs) is that men who love dragons too much sounds like the cover article of like a People magazine. You know, I also have that as my second thing, because I'm like, this sounds like a real like a really weird, like, het relationship advice book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can totally see it being like a expose on (laughs) men who have inappropriate feelings about dragons that just feels like something that would exist i think that was my second thing where like this also sounds a little bit (laughs) almost like "Mm, (laughs) should should harry be reading this book (laughs) (laughs) exactly i was like "Mm, i don't know although i did want to say fleur uses like a like a hypnosis like a charm on the dragon and i was like I bet that spell was in the book Men Who Love Dragons Too Much. <laughs> probably was. <laughs> Harry, like, closed it in disdain, like, one page before the spell that he could have used. Yeah. 
Not that I think Harry is powerful enough to have used that spell, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is just a Harry Potter who was like, shut up Hermione and your brainstorming. Dude, she is trying to save your sorry cursed ass with her brainstorming. You should shut up. <laughs> like if you need a break, step outside of the library. Go get some water or a snack. I don't know. <laughs> but don't yell at the one person literally keeping you from being dragon kibble. Okay? Yep. You are correct. (laughs) I know you're freaking out. I get it. But like literally Hermione is the person that saved your ass. Yep. Which I'll get into later. I have a whole thing about that. Yeah, me too. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay, so my next point is when has Harry ever been happy at Hogwarts? Because he's like, I thought about leaving, but this is the only place I've ever been happy. Is it? happy his first year and i guess it's kind of like the happiness of being able to like eat however much you want and be in an actual bed with his friends i mean it's sort of like i don't know it's sort of like being like oh i'm happy being in college even though you're like not really happy but you're like with my friends we all live in the same area this is we have like a similar schedule i would argue that the only place he's ever been happy is the borough um but you're right probably his first year at hogwarts was like pretty okay up until the end of the year yeah and i mean the fact that he's still like this is still better than being abused by the dursleys is like yeah but at this point he could presumably leave and go live with sirius that is true which <laughs> i'm not saying he should have just dropped out and like palero was serious and remus but i might be saying <laughs> that remus would be great at homeschooling him they probably would put him in a muggle school and just teach him magic at home yeah, probably between Remus and Sirius, they could have, I mean, cover, probably educated him better than what he's getting at Hogwarts, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> They're, like, really good witches. Like, top-notch fucking witches. That's true. They're good at transfiguration and whatever all charms look at the map, like, Defense Against the Dark Arts. I'm sure they can cobble together some potions, but, like, we don't... The amount, like, where we see potions really being useful is, like medicinally or for the war effort so i'm kind of like maybe you could just learn how to make healing salve and like burn salve and shit and you're probably gonna be fine (laughs) yeah agreed (laughs) oh oh the au here just dropped up with his two dads Ah! Ah! yep that sounds way better yeah i'm like harry potter in the free school sorry i'm Sorry, uh, my <laughs> actual thing is it was for a good cause because Harry did give Cedric information about the dragon, but he just straight up ruins Cedric's new bag, like his new book bag. Yeah. Do you th- I mean, okay, I also was upset about that, and then I was like, but probably they can use Reparo on that, right? I would hope so. Yeah. I, I mean, if Cedric doesn't know how to, I'm sure someone in Hufflepuff House does. So. Right. Yeah, that made me feel a little better about it, though, like, smashing all his ink bottles and stuff, like, I don't know. Harry, um, not always that quick on his feet, I feel like. Especially because I feel like the chances of not one of Cedric's friends being like, let me let me help you pick this shit up is very low. I mean, if he was like, you you know, I got it, everyone's like, all right, I'll see you in class. I mean, I think, I think, I think it was the correct 
move to make, especially because like, right, no one would have told Suzuka about the dragons, which actually seems kind of weird. I mean, I guess I get it in that like, you can't really imagine Sprout being like, yo, Cedric, dragons, dragons. Right. Because she believes in fair play. <laughs> oh, no, I think it was right for Harry to do it. I just yeah. think that there are probably ways that didn't involve like smashing ink all over Cedric's homework. <laughs> That's fair. Although I think you can fix that with with magic too. So maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sure it's like really just a minor inconvenience versus the like what I would have to do, which is like stitch slash duct tape my backpack back together. Exactly. <sighs> All right. Uh, yeah, so my next thing is the line, I'm fine, said Harry, wondering why he kept telling people this and whether he had ever been less fine, which I feel like is... The official mood of 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sure is. It sure is. I feel like that's also just the mood of my adult life. Actually, maybe my entire life. Anyway, yeah. Definitely the mood of 2022. Gotta, gotta laugh to, to not cry. <sighs> okay. Um, I think that should consider buying a faux glass and maybe a secrecy sensor just because oh i don't know death eaters are always trying to fucking kill him <laughs> like yeah, he is right. like from this book until the very end of book seven he is in mortal peril people are trying to fucking murder him left and right so or like cause him harm and i'm like I know last year, it's like Harry thought his sneakoscope last year was broken, but it was really working because of, because of Pettigrew. Pettigrew. And I'm like, maybe it's a reason to maybe keep your sneakoscope to use it more often, my dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet faux glasses are not easy to come by, but that seems like a really reasonable ask of like if for him to go to McGonagall or Dumbledore or something and be like, I... I need your help sourcing one of these. Like, I can pay for it. I'm super rich. But, like, please help me find one because people just keep trying to kill me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually done with this section. All right. So we get a single line of maybe not foreshadowing, but a important detail where Moody's like, here's my photo glass. Here's my secrecy sensor. Here's my trunk. Let's not talk about it. And it's like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Also, the little moving Jagger figurines are cute, and I want one. I know. Actually, when I was reading that, I was like, Jesse needs one of these. It makes me happy that Harry keeps it. I think he mentions it again, I think, later in this book. And I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. Or like, he puts it like on his nightstand. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it's very sweet. Okay. I only, I only have a couple more. I just want to point out that somewhere, probably in the stands during the first task, like, Oliver Wood is just weeping because mm. Harry is using the like Quidditch plays that he taught the team when he was there against this dragon. And he's like never been more excited in his entire life. This makes life. me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> like he is sobbing yeah. from joy. <laughs> he's like, that's my boy. <laughs> so he, he, he literally is. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm just like, oh, um, I, also, <laughs> I also just want to say that this, uh, the Rita Skeeter uh, cameo in this chapter where she like literally just jumps out from behind. <laughs> it's just like, 
like surprise. I'm here. I'm Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. Fake Moody continues being one of the best teachers and role models that Harry has ever had. He like really, really models like valuing kindness and empathy. He's like, no, whether or not you're quote unquote cheating is not what's important. What's important is that you did a good and kind thing and you're like what a good and kind person you are fake moody i know it's like harry's <laughs> shop because literally no one has done that to him ever before in his life and i'm like that's just so sad i know yeah that, that was literally my first thing or i'm just like what a complex dude you are <laughs> Barty Crouch Jr. Mm-hmm. so maybe he's like giving harry the parenting that he wishes he had had even as he's you know, working very hard to betray Harry to Voldemort. This is true. Maybe Voldemort is the father figure that he thinks that he never has and never had. Yeah. Because, like, there has to be some sort of, like, charisma that Voldemort has to have gotten all these motherfuckers to be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yes. That's something that I think we're gonna talk a lot about because I get so confused about it but i think no i know that you're correct i just don't know that we ever see it in the books but yeah yeah i know anyway mcgonagall really did not sign up to lead harry to potential dismemberment and death and she is very upset by this i know she's so good in this chapter she is the most supportive we've ever seen her she's like just try your best and you'll that's great you don't no pressure harry we've never seen her not pressure a student before she's so supportive yeah i know it's so great uh what's not great is professor trelawney what a... <laughs> just... she is bullying harry as badly as the rest of the school is she's uh taking a, a a note out of her friend uh, uh severus's book to be mean mm-hmm. to harry yep which I guess this is a Trelawney prediction watch, too, because she predicts Harry's sudden and violent death, and it does not happen, so. This is true. Um, I don't know if you had this anywhere else, but, like, Madame Pomfrey is the only adult we get in this chapter besides McGonagall who is properly horrified about sending even 17-year-olds against full-grown mother dragons, who, like, as I mentioned last episode, is, like, the time you do not want to be around large dangerous animals like Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be around moose and their babies you don't want to be about fucking bears and their babies you don't want like you don't want to be around dragons and their fucking babies this is like this is (laughs) it's like if you kicked a hornet's nest and this is like you gotta go uh pick out a ring out of that hornet's nest i just kicked it's like what the fuck yep uh yes actually i this is where i had that also she's the only yeah the only one with the right attitude not just about the dragons but like about the school in general (laughs) you know she's she's the quintessential like overworked 
uh, healthcare provider who <laughs> no one is listening to when she's just fucking trying to take care of all of her charges. Yeah, I feel like Pomfrey is maybe really the only person who isn't cavalier about the physical damage that could potentially happen to these children. Mm-hmm. Where everyone's kind of like, you'll be fine, You're, you'll just bounce. And it's like, no, but... Why are we necess- why are we unnecessarily uh setting children up to be physically harmed? What the fuck? Yep. Um, okay, so my last thing here is why the fuck is this task on a school day? <laughs> it that is true. Just the fact that Harry goes to class for the whole morning before he has to face a dragon in front of the whole school. Like what? No, he should be, I don't know, preparing whatever way he feels able to be preparing, like emotionally taking some time, take a hot shower, just like spend some time deep breathing, try to calm your fucking nervous system. And instead they're like, go to history of magic. What? Uh, No one at the ministry wants to do overtime and like come on a Sunday or something. So they're like, <laughs> we're going to have it at one o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, basically when this happens. It's just yeah. like, what is this? It's also so weird because wouldn't you think that adults would want to come to this? That this should be, like, a larger spectator sport than just Hogwarts students? Like, people from yeah. other countries? This is a big fucking deal. Why are yeah. they not having it on a weekend when lots of people can attend? I know. It's very bewildering. It doesn't actually make any sense. No, it doesn't. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I mean, I mentioned this briefly, but I just want to reiterate how Harry is like, almost dying by a fire dinosaur is still better than being with my legal guardians. And I'm just like, uh, Dumbledore, you piece of shit. <laughs> That is the appropriate response for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's it. It's just a very small point, so. Yeah. Uh, I am so tired of the way that Hermione is written. I know. It's just exhausting. Uh, the, in the first part of the chapter, there's like, you know, Harry's like dragons and also Karkaroff. And it's like Hermione, Hermione still thought the dragons were the more pressing problem. And then it goes on to say, let's keep you alive until Tuesday. She said desperately. And then we can worry about Karkaroff, which means that Harry is being so shitty about her prioritizing the most pressing thing that she's desperate to convince him. I feel like Harry's been a little shit to Hermione this entire chapter when she literally is the only reason he even succeeded at this task. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, the way I, I didn't catch that, but it is fucking frustrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when Harry and Ron have made up and Hermione's like crying because this has been so fucking stressful for her and she's like terrified that they're not going to make up. And then Harry and Ron are both like, she's bonkers. <laughs> Such assholes. Yeah. Like, either y'all think about how fucking stressful and hard this has been on Hermione this month? No. No. Yeah, I have a, I have a long thing about this in editorial. Okay. Uh, what do you have next? Just that 
Harry, when Moody rolls up to him talking to Cedric and Harry's like expecting to be punished is like such a relatable trauma response. Because I feel like anytime any, anyone in authority is like, I need to talk to you. I'm like, am I in trouble? Mm-hmm. What's happening? What did I do? I didn't do it. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, woo, school trauma. Yay. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Uh, so my only other thing here is about floor about the way that floor is treated uh okay here's she i don't know we don't know if her or cedric got a higher score so we know harry and crumb have tied and then we don't know Mm -hmm. uh floor entranced a dragon by herself like it is almost impossible to do anything to a dragon and she has Making it, f- ma- making it, hmm, made it fall asleep by herself. Which, if that's a thing that's easy to do, and we have these six dragon tamers who are, ta- you know, calming their dragon by stunning it, you know, like that yeah. doesn't make any sense. And then all that happened was that her skirt got lit on fire and she immediately put it out with another spell, very quick thinking. Crumb, on the other hand, destroyed half of the real eggs, and he got the same marks as Harry fucking Potter, who did it in the fastest time and, like, whatever, whatever. What is happening? Like, I know what's happening, but how dare you? That's so fucking rude. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously clear how fucking just biased and terrible this scoring system is. And yeah, almost as if it's written by a biased and terrible person who hates women. You know, wow, I would have. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I can't. I can't even joke about that because I'm just like, yep, that's exactly what is happening. Yeah, I know. Floor should have been number one, Mm -hmm. and she didn't get half of her face burned off like poor Cedric. Right? Like she should have gotten top marks. Yep. Welcome to the sports section where we talk about the Triwizard Tournament. <sighs> we get the direct quote that cheating's a traditional part of the ti- of the Triwizard Tournament, and I'm just like, excuse me, what? I know. Um, I'm sorry, what? Are you Please. telling me these kids are in a magically binding contract, and y'all couldn't have made this magically binding so people aren't just like. Like, what? What is even the point then of this? Who can exactly. cheat better? Okay. <laughs> Why does Harry have to go through this bullshit? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. It's very shitty, wealthy private school, though. I feel like it is very much in keeping with my understanding of how those spaces operate. I mean, that is true. That is true. I mean, I'm sure a ton of, like, cheating and fucked up shit happens in college sports this is fucking big ass money on that that's true not necessarily for the players themselves but for everyone else right fuck this guy fuck this goddamn tournament seriously yeah okay i'm so angry about this um so none of these kids are supposed to know what the task is right And then they're all brought into this tent, and at the same time, it is revealed to them, right? If we're pretending that none of them knew, they all find out at the same time what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And then Cedric, within five minutes of finding out, is sent out to face his dragon. 
Harry has like an hour between when they find out and when he actually goes out to face the dragon in which to think about what he's going to do. They should they should find out on their way out to the pen. You know what I mean? Like if that's yeah. how you're doing this, it should be like you get a number out of the bag and then like as you step out of the tent that's magically soundproofed, they're like it's a dragon and then you face it. Cuz this is totally unfair. I feel like sports at least on a hypothetical level like the idea of sports is that like it's fair everyone has the same opportunities and this is just structured to favor whoever goes fourth and then you know next most favored is whoever goes third right yeah and right there aren't sports where everyone doesn't know what's going on like that's not how sports <laughs> work yeah. um and even it's like and for the second task they get a hint they couldn't have gotten a hint for the first test. Oh, they should have like, just been fucking told. It's dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's like a couple days before. It's like, it's dragons, you know? Yeah. Versus like, cool, I hope you know some cool spells to somehow distract or disarm a dragon. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <sighs> yeah. It's so frustrating. My my last thing is actually about uh, Ludo Bagman's really like ham-fisted attempt to like... I just don't even think of the word where he's just trying, like, have him trying to, like, affect what's going to happen. Stack the deck. Stack the deck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what pointage could you even give Harry? <laughs> like, three, like, 45 minutes before he's going to go out and face the dragon, my dude. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, if Ludo is operating under the assumption that they all li- actually just found out about this, then whatever pointers he fucking has, I guess, could have been useful. Yeah. And then if he's very obvious, like, it's a 10. And it's like, you're being so obvious about this, dude. Yeah, he's not. He's got no, like, (laughs) poker face. No. I think it's funny that all of the analogies that we're coming up with here are all, like, gambling-based, which is his problem. It sure is. Uh, Okay, so my last thing is that... I think that the champions should not be able to take any books out of the library. Because Harry is looking through all these books, all these books. They don't find the conjunctivitis curse or whatever, which was the one Sirius was going to tell them about it. And I think that's probably because Crumb had that book. And like, logically, if you want to stack the deck in your favor, you go in and you take all the fucking books on dragons (laughs) out of the library so that the other champions can't access them. So it just seems like there should be a really firm policy of like, you do not leave the library with these books. I feel like there'd be a firm policy if there were any other firm policies that made any (laughs) sense, but like none of these rules make sense. I mean, there aren't really rules. There's no rules. And so that Harry somehow has to compete. Right. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. I'm going to start off low, which is... So we know that we learn here in this chapter that dragons are hella magical and their hides are hella magical, which is why it's really hard to affect a dragon, really, at all with your Mm. wand. And so I'm like... Someone please get Harry Potter a fucking dragon leather jacket. This kid is always being shot at. And 
You could bet your ass if I was being magically bullied by people throwing ridiculous spells at me at any given fucking time I'm not in class, I would be in every goddamn thrift store between Hogsmeade's and London trying to find Dragonhide anything to be like, fuck all y'all. Yeah. What are you going to do? Get through my Dragonhide jacket? You're not. Yeah. And Harry can afford it. I'm sure it's expensive because it's Dragonhides and dragons. For all that they're using the... All of the parts of a dragon, I would hope so. I feel like mm-hmm. dragons are kind of rare, so it's probably really expensive to get a dragon hide jacket. But Harry needs one. <laughs> yeah, he does. I know you have a fucking hollow, but you need some extra protection. <laughs> I think, my dude. Yeah. That's all. I'm just like, yeah, we're fighting in a war and no one had dragon hide nothing. Like, that would not be me. Yeah, so my first editorial is a happy rant just about what a fucking good person Harry Potter is. Um, We find out that all of Cedric's friends have been bullying him uh, pretty badly, it sounds like. And yet Harry is like, no, this is the capital R right thing to do. And I am going to do it. Like, there's no there's no question And when Cedric's like, why are you telling me? Harry is legitimately shocked. He's just like, because it's fair. Like, what do you mean? Why would I not tell you? And I I love him. I know. It's just like, it's just, it's so reflexive for Harry. He's like, yeah, like, why, why wouldn't I do this? Like, you're the only person who doesn't know that's fucked up. Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, I would do the same thing, Harry. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah, it's just, it is a really, like, nice moment and just kind of, like, Harry's here for this Hogwarts unity, mm-hmm. even if no one else is, yep. until, I guess, after this task. Right. All right. Yeah, what do you have? I have that, as good of a thing that Harry did here, he is not a good friend to Hermione. No. Hermione gets no thanks for spending... Like, 12 hours teaching Harry how to use a summoning charm because he hadn't tried to work on trying to learn it before now, even though they've been talking about it in class, like, the past month. And it's like, listen, when a friend does something really, like, a really big favor for you, like, get them a gift, you know? Like, Harry, you're rich. Buy Hermione a book. Honestly, buy her two books because she had to put up with you and Ron's bullshit for all of this month while she's worried about you fucking dying. And her own goddamn coursework because she's trying to be on top. It's like, dude, buy Hermione two books. Something. Like, get her some chocolate. Like, do something to be like, yo, Hermione, thank you for saving my ass. Yet again. On your own time. I bet he hasn't even given her the gift of saying thank you out loud. He just, I, like, we don't read him say, we don't even see him thanking her, I He's, feel like. She stays up with him until 2 a.m. teaching him how to do this goddamn summoning charm. I hate, uh, I hate it. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, sometimes 14-year-olds are not very thoughtful. But we see Harry being very thoughtful, thoughtful to Cedric. Like, being like, oh, he doesn't know. You could at least be like, thank your friends, Harry. Mm-hmm. Be more appreciative of your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just takes her for granted, and it sucks. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, Hermione just deserves more. Yeah, she does. Like, I feel like for Hermione, it's like, if your friends treat you like this, I know you love them. And you, they're your only friends, but you really deserve better. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, again, like, why the house system is so fucked up, you know? Because, like, if they had dorms and they were matching people according to, like, fill out a form about your interests and, like, we'll 
pair you up with a roommate that makes sense for you, she would, you know, be with someone who was had her same interests and it would be more likely that she would have at least one friend, but also there wouldn't be all this weird, like, she can only be friends with Gryffindors thing and she could have friends from, like, lots of houses. I want that for her because she just really doesn't have options. No. And, like... She deserves options. She deserves other nerd friends to be like, I will happily stay in the library with you in all of our free time. She should be friends with Neville, honestly. Yeah. Neville is, like, very good about thanking her. Yeah. Yeah, the house system is fucked up. Yep. Hermione deserves better. Her, actually, and also Neville. Because I feel like not a lot of people are friends with Neville because Neville's sort of at the bottom of the Gryffindor social ladder. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Neville also deserves some friends. Yeah. That don't treat him like he's the bottom of the fucking social ladder. Right. He's sweet and kind and nerdy. And I bet good at a lot of things that aren't herbology also. Like, I feel like there's just so much more to Neville than we get to see because everyone's just basically mean to him, including Harry. So. Yeah. All right. Um, We see Harry. He casts... Uh, Akio, I don't know how you say this word. I'm saying Akio because that's how it's always been in my head. For his broom, and then he's standing there and he's like, oh my god, what if it's not coming? I assume it's coming from his dorm room. And I was just like, Harry, why did you not stash this this morning, like in the bushes, somewhere near where this event was being held? Like this could have been 100, 200 feet away instead of all the way in the fucking castle. Which then also would make it much more likely that the spell would work because it wouldn't be having to go so far to summon it. It's just so funny to me that he didn't do that. I was actually I was thinking that I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, so like I'm assuming he like left a window open in Gryffindor Tower for this, but I'm like, you could what you could have just left this in like in the bushes or like at Hagrid's or like literally anything besides having it come. All the way from fucking Gryffindor Tower. Right. <laughs> what? What a silly boy. Maybe maybe it would feel so much like cheating for him to have done that. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because I feel like, unlike a lot of people would be like, I'm in this fucking ridiculous ass shit. I don't even want to be here. I have, I am lacking a full two years less of my magic education to even tackle this. Yes, I'm going to cheat. Give me as much advice as you can. Yeah. Give me all of your, give me all the hints. I need it. And Harry's yeah. like, no, I got it. It's like, okay. Yeah, no, right, he's Harry. terrible at getting help, though. He's yeah. just like, no, I have to be self-sufficient. You're like, I know exactly what you're feeling. And also, it makes me so frustrated when I watch you do it, which maybe I should attempt to internalize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. Uh, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Before I have to do any more self-reflection. <laughs> oh, I didn't come here for this shadow work. I'm just trying to make a podcast. <laughs> My last point is that Harry describes this... Um, this dragon, this Hungarian horntail is having evil yellow eyes. 
and like yes this dragon looks like a nightmare creature Mm -hmm. but also harry perspective to her you are the bad guy you're the one trying to take one of her babies away so Mm -hmm. just calling him like i see him yeah that death glare (laughs) is certainly warranted yeah the dragon has had a very bad several weeks right She's like, what is happening? I'm in this crowd. People are yelling. And now this little, like, snack's trying to come over here and fuck with me and my babies. Oh, hell no. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so, yeah, Harry, maybe don't cast evil judgments on sentient creatures trying to be like, the fuck are you doing, though? Mm-hmm. Um, my last thing. If you'll hearken back to our episode on Chapter 17, when I wrote a very good, very funny ad about the overuse of ellipses in that (laughs) chapter, which had 43 ellipses. I'm sorry, I should have saved it for now because this chapter has 118, and I probably missed some. So, it's... I know that describing action is hard. I don't know why all of Ludo Babin's commentary is just full of ellipses. It could just you could just have it be a full stop. It could be a dash. Oh, they half of them end with dashes. Nothing's ending with a goddamn period. <laughs> it's like she's afraid of exclamation points, and so she's like, I'll use anything to avoid using an exclamation point. I don't fucking know. But a lot of these are before the action is taking place. 118. I don't are you is... like grasping what that means because this is 10 pages longer than the previous chapter which had 43 but double that is only 86 so this is like go ahead i think that means it's like two and a half pages of just ellipses i i think so too i made a time lapse video of me counting them i'm gonna post it on social media (laughs) somewhere Wow, is this why this book is a, a tomb when you have it in a physical print copy? Because there's probably like 20 pages of ellipses <laughs> in this fucking book. Yeah. This is like when you're trying to like make a 12-page paper. Like you're trying to like, you know, make it just a little bit longer. So you make the font like a point bigger and the margins like half a point narrower. <laughs> yep. Like. It's so upsetting like is there a character count like what is happening (laughs) once you once you start seeing them i was like just reading along for like two-thirds of the chapter and then all of a sudden i got to a page where there are like 15 on one page and i was like all i can see now is punctuation and i had to go through (laughs) and mark all of them through the rest of the chapter before i could finish reading from where i had started noticing them so that i could stop thinking about them i was like let me just get this out of the way now I think it's actually, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, I feel that any sports commentary that happened in these books is just like every line is just ellipses. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. There's so many ellipses when Harry's, when it's like Ludo's commentary. Yeah. But there's, I mean, okay. Let me find. Come on, Harry. We'll go back to the common room. Dot, dot, dot. His fan club will be here in a moment, twittering away dot 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 they're all over the place that's not just cedric didn't know about the dragons dot 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 the only champion who didn't if harry was right in thinking that madame maxime and karkaroff would have told floor and crumb dot 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 yeah yeah no i'm actually going back to like skim and i'm like it's like every page has multiple ellipses on them 
My bag just split, dot, dot, dot. Brand new and all, dot, dot, dot. What are you doing? Ma'am, calm the fuck down. What are you just... <laughs> She'd do like a control find for commas and just replace them all with ellipses by accident. It's it's like, right, it's like comma, you could just have a comma. A lot of these places, you don't even need a punctuation. Like it was, I cannot, I cannot with, I cannot with this. I'm at my wit's end. Yeah, I feel like the only time I use ellipses when I'm writing is when someone is like, it's like dialogue and someone's like trailing off. Like their dialogue is like, oh yeah, we could do, you know. Right, exactly. And suppose they're writing like, uh, you just like, you just put some ellipses. And yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, Mr. Bagman is in there, dot, dot, dot. He'll be telling you the dash, the procedure, dot, dot, dot. Good luck. It's a mess. I almost counted the dashes, too. Because <laughs> there, there's too many of them. And then I was like, this is too much. I can't. When we get, when we get to the last chapter, I can try to do a, like, control find in my e-reader for all of the dashes. <laughs> all of the ellipses. And we could do, like, we could try to guess. And I, you, I can have you guess how many you think they oh are. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should definitely do that. <laughs> we'll do a contest. Well, I mean, not a contest, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, guess how many jelly beans are in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it's also just sometimes you can have a short sentence. You can just you can just have a you can have a three word sentence and just like a full stop. Yep. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. Okay, so number one is uh, I love uh, Victor trying to be slick, which is like coming into the library and sitting at a table that like is still within sight of Hermione uh-huh. <laughs> and It's like, you are not subtle, but I really <laughs> deeply appreciate this. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's subtle enough for Hermione, who is so, I feel like she's just like, a library is a sacred place of quietness, and the fact that he brings in these noisy girls is going to be like a shield to her noticing anything that he might be trying to do when it comes to her. She's just like, you are the harbinger of noisy people. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my library. You know, I honestly, I feel like same. I would be, I would be the, I would be the exact same. I would think the exact same until he was like, "Do you want to go out?" I'd be like, "What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What now? What?" Is that what this is all about? Right. You could have come in the hallway and not ruined my life. <laughs> you could have sent me an owl, dude. <laughs> She's like, yes, but we have to have a talk about library <laughs> etiquette. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, they do stop meeting in the library, I think, whenever he actually gets the courage to ask her out. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Oh man, she's having a rough couple of months, yeah. She really is. Uh, my second thing is, I mean, okay, so Scoundrel JKR is, as we know, not very good at describing what people look like. Mm-hmm. But we do get a moment when Harry is talking to Cedric where he's like looking into his gray eyes. And I'm like, oh, you notice why his eye color is Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is it a piercing gray? Is it like, what kind of gray is it? And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, that's not a detail that you latched on real quick. Doesn't Draco also have gray eyes? Is this a type for Harry? 
I'm actually trying to remember. It's hard because I read so much fan fiction. Yeah. Where I'm like, I think Draco has gray eyes, but I'm not, I'm not sure if it's canon or just from reading fan fiction for the past, like, 20 years. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure. All right. If you're pretty sure, then that's probably a good sign. He's described as having platinum blonde hair and ice gray eyes. I mean, I would, I would say that Harry has a tie. <laughs> <sighs> Gray-eyed pretty boys. He he does like them pretty. Yeah. And I mean, I can't blame Harry for that. No. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I got distracted, I think, probably by the cat. But if we could just chuck this in anyway. But I think what you want Hogwarts to have is the Crucible from Carry On. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is exactly what I wanted to have. <sighs> Anyway, listen to Carry On. Listen to Escape from Reality if you want to know more about what that actually meant. Yes. Oh my gosh, please listen to Escape from Reality. It's so fun. We are we love that book so much more. <laughs> we never have to complain about the use of ellipses. <laughs> we really do not have to complain about the ellipses. There's an appropriate amount of ellipses and dashes in that series. Truly. Excellent punctuation. <laughs> And you know, not that not that you have to obey the rules of writing when you're writing, but this is an abnormal amount of ellipses where you could have you could just do the boring comma stuff. Like people look over it, no one's being like, Oh man, your craft is really hurting because of all the commas. No one's like that. People are like, Wow, there's hundred and forty three ellipses in this ten page chapter. What is happening? Yeah. I think there's a difference between stylistic misuse of punctuation or overuse of punctuation where it's like, this is a, this is my writing, you know, like, like using lots of short sentences or whatever. And just, I didn't get a copy editor misuse of punctuation, which is what is happening here. Like, what are the publishers of these books doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Someone, someone got paid a lot of money to not do anything. And how do I get a job like that? That's my dream. <laughs> how do I get a job where I do like... Negative my job. I do my job poorly and I'm still getting paid big money. I feel like white supremacy has locked me out of those kinds of jobs. But one day. Yeah. Speak it into existence. Maybe someone who's listening right now is like, oh, actually, I can hook you up with a job like that. Do you have a job where you don't do anything and you get paid a lot of money with health insurance? Send us an email. Yes, please. Dailyprofit at gmail.com. Especially if you're a patron, because Jesse would have so much more time to like hang out with you on Discord if she had a job where she didn't have to do anything. This is very true. So you get double wins. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. I can't remember who sent us an email about how ridiculously fast 150 miles an hour is and how quickly it would take you from one end of the Quidditch pitch to the other. But it's really sunk into my brain. Thank you to whomever wrote to us. And so we need to talk about this. Yeah. Harry dives for the egg, quote unquote, as fast as he can go. I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong, he's somewhere between 50 and 100 feet off the ground at this point when he gets the dragon to take flight, right? Yeah. Because he's like close enough to bug her, but not close enough to like make her breathe fire. Yeah. So... We'll we'll be generous. We'll say he's 100 feet off the ground. 
150 miles an hour is 220 feet per second, it would take him one half of a second to get to the ground to where the egg is if he was 100 feet up when he started. That's not enough time to reach your arms out and grab an egg. That's not enough time to fucking do anything. Like, this broom goes too fast. Moral of the story, this doesn't make any sense. This is a thing that you should do when you're writing a book. Look up how fast is 150 miles an hour in (laughs) seconds, you know? So that you know. How big is your Quidditch pitch? We don't know the answer to that. But like, is that a reasonable speed for someone to be able to cross a Quidditch pitch? No. And if you don't want to do that work, at least come up with like an explanation about why. Yeah. yeah. You can hint at it. You can have someone mention it. You don't have to be like exposition about why Harry doesn't lose consciousness when he goes from like 300 feet in the air to the ground on his broom. Mm-hmm. But like, it's a charm so no one passes out when they're going really fast. Bam. There you go. Yeah. Five, <laughs> five words. Oliver Wood could have given us in book one. Done. <laughs> Sorry, I need to look something up really quickly. Give me a moment. About velocity. (laughs) Okay, so the average speed of a very fast roller coaster is 95 miles an hour. The feeling that you get in your body when you go down a roller coaster hill at that speed is like very a lot. So to increase that by another 50 miles an hour with, like, I mean, you just, that has a track. Harry's not actually, like, you can't actually control what you're doing when you're going that fucking fast. I feel that must do weird things to your body, because I feel like if you're, like, trained to be an astronaut or you're in the Air Force, I mean, those sort of, like, fast movements, like, affect your body in a way where, like, I think you have to, like, Train for it. If anyone here is either works at NASA or in the Air Force, hit us up because I'm just like, isn't that at some point you're getting into like G-Force bullshit? Anyway, we should, we can. uh... I am so curious to find out if we have listeners. Just email us in general because I want to know if we have listeners that work for NASA or for the Air Force. Like, I want to know the demographics of our listeners. We should make a poll. Anyway, (laughs) do you have anything else in health and science? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Great. Okay, hold on. Uh, so my first thing is when they're researching spells, Hermione's like, oh, maybe we could do a spell that'll, like, boost your, like, magical power. And I'm like, do we ever get more about magic you can do on yourself where it, like, gives you, like, a video game X, like, boost to, like, your magic that's not whatever bullshit Voldemort is doing? And, like, the luck potion we get there, we get that. And, like, whatever, again, bullshit Voldemort is doing is sort of, like... I mean, it's not giving him magical powers, but making him allegedly unkillable. Mm-hmm. Which, lol. But, um, again, it's, like... These are some of the things that Harry Potter should have had at his disposal in the whole fighting an entire fascist army with himself and, like, 30 other, like, 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I got stuck thinking about uh, when... Dark Willow, like the spell is working against her, and she's like, Fine, if I can't get you with magic, and she does a spell on herself, and she's like, I'm pretty sure I'm strong enough to beat you to death. Like, that'd be real cool. I want to see Harry do that spell. That seems real useful. Yeah. Uh, when they're <laughs> fucking in the woods for three months, and then all the snatchers come. Yeah. And I'm like, You have Hermione Granger, Bryce, which are for age. I bet she has like a book about that. 
Totally. Harry. God, what a great scene that would have been if she just real quick done a charm so that they were all like super strong and then they just like beat the shit out of the snatchers. <laughs> all right. All right. I got three of these potions. They're going to last exactly for five minutes. So we got to kick these dudes asses before this potion wears off. <laughs> yeah. Like hog tie them and leave them in a weird cave somewhere and be like, goodbye. I mean, this is like, this is the basics of like a fantasy RPG. And I'm just like. Harry, I know that you don't play video games or read any fantasy or be genre savvy at all, but I think something that could boost you in a way uh, where you wouldn't get your ass kicked so hard and say, I don't know, book five, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe would be useful. Yep. 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 Um, my next thing is that we get a lot of cool dark magic detectors mm-hmm. that, I mean, we we get the sneakoscope a little bit last book, which is, again, I think an underutilized magical object. And we get the faux glass, which comes in important later. Mm -hmm. Um, And these just seem really cool, and I just kind of would have liked more of this. Mm -hmm. Again, some of these things maybe would help if you're the alleged savior of the wizarding world. Mm -hmm. Like, Harry, did you even check your vault? There could be a faux glass in there right now. You don't even know. (laughs) Has Harry even been to his vault? (laughs) He He was in his vault. Well, he's in his vault last book because he goes with molly Mm. and he's like shoveling gold into his sack to not show her how much fucking wealth he has that he could be i don't know being like here is some money for the food that you feed me out of your own family budget that you clearly is very small right and he goes in the first book yeah i I feel like he doesn't have a vault like the lestranges that i don't think it's a vault you can walk into i think it's just like in the wall it's like a little cubby hole that's just full with gold. That's basically what I imagine, yes. I mean, that's true. That is true. So I guess there's nothing in there, but we would never know. That's true. <laughs> because these books could be better with. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> and my last point is that, as we've mentioned earlier, Victor Crumb accidentally causes his dragon to crush half of her eggs, which seems like at the that shouldn't have happened. You couldn't have swapped out all of the real dragon eggs for fake eggs you couldn't have put a charm on the eggs so nothing happens to them they're only going for the gold egg which is fake why do you got to endanger like 12 different dra- like dragon eggs and also now you gotta deal with an angry ass dragon who's gonna like come to with like half of her eggs crushed i know someone deserves to get their arm eaten off for that because like what, what were y'all doing such a great question and they didn't even tell the contestants that they couldn't hurt the eggs so like one of them could have been like oh my tactic is that i'm gonna like you know steal one of her real eggs and throw it so that she goes and fetches it while i get you know like right or i'm gonna vanish i'm gonna vanish all the eggs except for the gold one right you know yeah they're they really did not take any precautions trying to protect these dragon eggs which is terrible and like i'm gonna have to assume that dragons are rare ish because international secrecy blah blah means that it's probably hard to hide dragons from muggles so it's probably not that many and if you use them in like their heartstrings and their hides for shit like so i really think they should have been doing more to protect these baby dragons mm-hmm. and i don't know someone fucked up with their job is yep. what i'm saying no i agree so not great animal husbandry slash species preservation slash whatever the fuck these dragon tamers do yep yep exactly 
All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Reminder again, please go check out my tarot deck. There's a link in the show notes and also on our website and on my website. So today's today's the best day that you can do it, but whenever you're listening is also a great day to do it. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. And if you have some cash, you should back it. Because Kickstarter is all or nothing, so... Sure is. Keep that, keep that in mind. Yep. Um, if you like this podcast, you should totally check out our other podcast that we talked about earlier, Escape from Reality, which is spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E, uh, where we talk about the Simon Snow series by Rainbow Rowell, a book with much better punctuation. And <laughs> both of these podcasts are produced, mixed, and edited by me. If you want other ways to support us, you can uh, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can tell... Your friends, your family, your crushes about us. You can also uh, check out our website, hashtagruthless.com, where you can buy our merch and donate money to us or support us on Patreon, which is at also The Gaily Prophet. Uh, You should totally check us out on social media, where we are at The Gaily Prophet on both Instagram and Twitter, and we post hilarious things and sometimes political things and sometimes hilarious political things we're real good at social media you should totally be following us if you're not already and speaking of social media if you want to find me you can do so on instagram at lark malachi or you can go to my website which is larkmalachi.com um you can find me on the internet on twitter at jesse underscore detroit or on instagram for some Prime kitten content at uh, Live from Detroit. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And until next time. And the crowd goes wild! Woo! Wow! Wow! Harry Potter! Woo! Okay. Perfect. <laughs>